Welcome to Regulate and Rewire, an anxiety and depression podcast where we discuss the things I wish someone would have taught me earlier in my healing journey. I'm your host, Amanda Armstrong, and I'll be sharing my steps, my missteps, client experiences, and tangible research-based tools to help you regulate your nervous system, rewire your mind, and reclaim your life. Thanks for being here. Now let's dive in. If you're someone who has struggled with anxiety or depression, you are no stranger to the plague of overthinking, of your brain's incessant need to predict every possible situation, plan for the worst case scenario, try to control every tiny variable of a situation. And it is exhausting, not just because your brain won't shut up, but because overthinking can create a very real stress response in our body that actually physically can wear us out as well. So here's the thing. When it comes to overthinking, our nervous system, it doesn't know the difference between real or imagined stress, past or present situations. So when you play out the worst case scenario in your mind, or you replay a past situation over and over and over again in your mind, it often plays out in our body as well putting us into those same states of feeling anxious or nervous or guilty, putting us into those survival responses of fight, flight, freeze, or shutdown. And overthinking is one of the most common things that we associate with anxiety or even depression. And I often will refer to it and may throughout this conversation today as well as our spiraling thoughts. And there are different flavors of overthinking and recognizing the flavor that you fall kind of victim to most often can be really helpful awareness in eventually hitting the brakes and pausing and turning away from overthinking when it's not serving us. But before we dive into some of the different flavors of overthinking, I want to briefly talk about the difference between planning and like preparing or problem solving versus overthinking. And if we have been kind of an anxious overthinker for a long time, that line might feel pretty blurry. So I want to clear that up a little bit based on my definitions and how I support clients in differentiating between helpful problem solving and unhelpful overthinking or catastrophizing. And surprise, surprise, the key difference is whether these thoughts are happening from a place of nervous system regulation or dysregulation. And a key difference is in how you feel while thinking these thoughts. And this is often reflected in the tone of the questions that you're asking. So when I am talking to clients about this, I often refer to what I'm about to tell you as the two tones of what if. So your what if questions are not necessarily the problem. It's how you are asking them. So for example, I had a client who was planning for a trip. She was going on with her family and she's someone who's previously struggled with dissociation, some depersonalization where she really feels like she's outside of her body. Also some derealization where she'll be in a social setting and get so overwhelmed that everything kind of starts to blur and feel, she starts to feel detached from the environment around her. So depersonalization and derealization are two different flavors of kind of this dissociation, this disconnection. And she was afraid that this would show up while she was on her trip and it would put her or her family or her kids in a difficult situation. So she came into the coaching call and her head was just spinning 
and spiraling with all of these what ifs. Like, what if I'm driving with my kids and I start to zone out? What if we're out to dinner and my derealization happens and everything around me starts to fade away? Like, what if I put my husband in an awkward situation or I don't want to make him worry or if I put my kids in a bad situation? What will people think of me? And so on. And the tone of these questions came from a place of dysregulation, right? It was like, well, what if, 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 what if? That is overthinking. And so what I had this beautiful opportunity to support her in, in this session was to help her tune in and regulate her nervous system for a moment. So I said, okay, let's take this situation and let's hit pause. How do you feel in your body right now? And she's like, I feel really anxious and overwhelmed. And I said, how do you feel about getting to a place where you feel a little bit more calm and present and in control in your body, and then turning back towards some of these worries. And so we did some tangible regulation together in that session to help her get more regulated, to feel more grounded. And then I calmly asked back some of those questions to her. So I said, all right, you're on this trip. So what if, what if you are driving and you start to feel yourself zone out. What might that look like? What could you do if that, if that were to happen? You know, and we talked it out. And I said, you know, what if you are out to dinner and you start to feel yourself kind of slipping into this derealization? What might that look like or feel like? What could you do if that did start to happen? And what if you didn't struggle with any of these things? What might your trip look like then? If those things didn't show up for you, is there anything you could do proactively before you go on this trip or before you go out to dinner to help you feel a little bit more regulated and so on? And we just went through some of the exact same questions that she had previously asked, but in a different tone. These are the two tones of what if questions. And within just a handful of minutes, she was able to articulate that her husband is really supportive when these things have happened in the past. And she could talk to him before the trip about her concerns and use him as a safe and grounding person to co-regulate to. If it happened while they were out, he would be able to make an excuse for her to take a moment if she needed to step outside or just to have some moments for herself. She acknowledged that she was going to need to build in some intentional downtime during this trip to decompress. And whoa, what a difference. In this, and this was a pretty short session together, we went from overthinking and catastrophizing to problem solving in a way that allowed her to have a plan to feel more confident in her ability to handle whatever, whatever came up. And so you've likely heard me share before, one of my favorite anxiety reframes is that is an overestimation of threat paired with an underestimation of your ability to manage that threat. And so here in this session, I was able to support her in some nervous system regulation work so that her brain didn't feel the need to keep overestimating the threat and so that she could do some rational problem solving to increase her confidence in her ability to manage that threat, that threat being if dissociation showed up on her trip. And so in summary, overthinking involves excessive rumination or worry or an overanalysis that increases anxiety, and stress that often puts us into a freeze response where we're so overwhelmed that we get stuck. Overthinking often paralyzes us into this 
place of feeling unproductive. It's time consuming. And we create a very narrow focus where we put a magnifying glass on all of the negatives or the worst case scenarios. While problem solving is more purposeful, structured, and goal-oriented, it happens when we're regulated and we can approach a situation with curiosity, with flexibility. So anytime you're looking at a situation and you feel really rigid or activated, that is going to contribute to overthinking. And our state determines our story. So when we're feeling activated, those body-based alarms, there's not a whole lot we can do to stop the overthinking. We are not going to be able to outthink an overthinking problem. And so understanding that the reason that we're overthinking is because of these body-based alarms, we can turn towards a proper tool, which would be to regulate or to distract ourselves, to bring down the intensity that we're feeling in our body. And that's automatically going to turn down the volume on the overthinking so that we can come into a place where we are more goal-oriented. We can find a solution. We can utilize curiosity, resourcefulness, creativity, instead of continuing to spiral in a dysregulating direction. And so why is the nervous system the key difference between the two? So we know that when you're in the state of survival mode, your prefrontal cortex, your logical brain, this is the problem-solving part of your brain, When you're in these states of fight, flight, or freeze, that part of your brain gets kicked offline. Literally, electrochemical energy that keeps your brain functioning, it's reallocated to our survival reflexes, to our survival brain. So when you're in these dysregulated states of fight, flight, freeze, or shutdown, you literally do not have access to as much of this logical part of your brain, making it harder and harder and harder to reverse that overthinking spiral with brain power alone. So in a little bit, I'll share with you some thought-based reframes to help you with your overthinking. But what I often support clients with the most is again, in understanding that their overthinking is a symptom of dysregulation in their body. And if they can take just a minute or two to regulate their nervous system first, to calm down and take the edge off this body-based alarm, this will help to bring their logical brain back online in a way that helps them shift from spiraling to more problem solving. So a little while ago, we talked about some of the flavors of overthinking. And these are sometimes referred to as cognitive dysfunctions or thinking errors, et cetera. But the two I want to talk about most is ruminating about the past or worrying about the future. These are the two primary categories where our brain just spirals out on us. So rumination, this is when we repeatedly and excessively focus on negative thoughts, experiences, or emotions from our past. This is when we dwell on our mistakes, maybe things that didn't go the way that we hoped, personal failures, perceived shortcomings, and all of this creates a lot of additional sadness and guilt and oftentimes even like self-blame oh, if I would have just said this differently, or if I would have just made that phone call or, you know, all of these what ifs for past situations that we can't, we can't do anything to really change. And so unlike problem solving or self-reflection, rumination does not lead to any productive insights or solutions, but rather it keeps us just stuck in a negative thought loop that again, contributes to creating more anxiety, depression, or stress. 
And then the second flavor of overthinking is catastrophizing. So this is when we imagine the worst possible scenario. We expect disaster to strike. We predict and even try to control for every possible outcome. And again, your brain doesn't know the difference between real or imagined danger. So that when you play out all of these worst case scenarios, it increases your body's stress response, which in turn just fuels the fire of thinking that you're unsafe and you need to prepare and predict for everything. Recognizing when you are in one of those thinking patterns of, ooh, I'm catastrophizing or, oh, I'm ruminating. I'm replaying that conversation or that situation over and over and over again. And before we talk about how, the how to stop overthinking, I want to paint a picture of why you might be struggling with overthinking in the first place. So here are a few reasons why you might struggle with overthinking. First, like we've talked about, again, this is a byproduct of anxiety, stress, depression, perfectionism. You become dysregulated. You're in this state of sympathetic activation or shutdown. You're currently living in survival mode and your state determines your story. So if your body says you're not safe, if you have this body-based alarm, it is then your brain's job to figure out why you don't feel safe. So let's say you are just sitting in your kitchen, drinking your morning cup of tea, and you're feeling anxious. And your brain is like, oh, there's a state of alarm in our body. Like, what's happening? And when it looks around your surrounding, it's like, there's no tiger in my apartment right now. (laughs) There's no tiger in my home. There's no immediate threat to me. Your brain, specifically the left side of your brain's job is to figure out, okay, well, then why is this alarm going off in our body? Why don't we feel safe? And it will start to catastrophize. It'll think outside of you. Oh, well, it's because we have this work presentation and, and what if our boss this, or what if our coworker this, or maybe, maybe our dad is sick or maybe I'm sick. And if it can't look out into your life and find danger in your schedule or in your relationships, Sometimes it will then turn inward. And this is where our inner critic gets really loud, where we start to pick ourselves apart. We come, we start to tell ourselves the story of like, well, we're not enough or we're wrong or something, et cetera. Because again, you feel this body-based alarm and your brain has to make sense of it. Your brain has to figure out why don't we feel safe right now? What's the danger? And so overthinking, is a byproduct of oftentimes kind of stress or anxiety, some kind of an alarm in our body where we don't feel safe and we need to seek out and figure out how and why. Another reason that you might struggle with overthinking is because it's a learned response. And this I think is probably one of the most common for all of us is overthinking becomes a learned response from having to deal with difficult or unpredictable situations earlier in your life. And this is sometimes referred to as developmental trauma or child childhood trauma. And so when you had situations in your childhood that were unpredictable, were overwhelming for your nervous system, we trap stored survival energy in our body. And this stored trauma can create a hypervigilance. It basically makes your nervous system hypersensitive to anything that woulda, coulda, shoulda possibly be unsafe. It puts a magnifying glass on anything and everything that could possibly be unsafe because there was one time 
Your nervous system is like, remember that one time? Remember that one time you didn't catch it and you were negatively impacted? Remember that one time you didn't prepare for a worst case scenario and it happened? Yeah, don't let that happen again. And so when we do this over and over and over again, this is reason number three you might overthink. And it's because it's become a habit, right? We had this learned response. There was this unpredictable situation and our brain and our nervous system were like, yep, now we need to have this hypervigilance. We always need to prepare for worst case scenario. And it's just become a habit in how you plan for and look at situations in your life. And I would say maybe the fourth reason that you might overthink is because there is some underlying need that isn't being addressed. And maybe it's a physiological need. Maybe it's that there's a lack of sleep, too much stress, inflamed gut. And so again, some of those stress signals are coming from inside our body. And then some of those also may be emotional needs that are continuing to go unmet. And so that's adding to our stress load and creating more overthinking. And so regardless why you struggle with overthinking, the bottom line here is that we overthink in an attempt to keep ourselves safe. We assume, or our brain and nervous system assume that if we can predict and play out every possible, every possible way this could go, then I can feel calm, safe, and in control. But the problem here is that we never get there. We never get to this place where we feel calm, safe, and in control through overthinking because that overthinking keeps us in this chronic stress response. Again, because our body is reacting to these imagined worst case scenarios as if they are happening. It doesn't know whether you're actually experiencing that worst case scenario or just thinking about it. The body responds the same, keeping you stuck in this anxiety loop. What you all are probably hoping to get out of this, this, this conversation is what can you do about it? Back to this original topic of today's conversation is how do I stop overthinking? And just like everything else I share, this is going to be a general framework. Each of our clients has to come up with a slightly different formula that works best for them when they catch themselves in an overthinking spiral But here are some things to note and try. So step number one is to notice what's happening. You have to be able to recognize when you are overthinking and acknowledge that it's unproductive. So developing this self-awareness is the first step to addressing that issue. Being able to say, oh, yep, (laughs) my brain's spinning out again. Okay, what do I want to do about it? Number two is to label what's happening, to literally think to yourself or say aloud, I'm overthinking again, or you could even label it. This is catastrophizing. This is rumination. If you can remember those specific labels, but if not literally think to yourself or say aloud, I'm overthinking again. And this label identifying it for what it is just creates a tiny moment that stops your spiraling and detaches it from you, even for just a second. You go from thinking, I have to think these things to be safe to, ooh, this is overthinking and this is a pattern. And that creates just a moment of pause. Number three is to understand why you're overthinking, right? And the why is that it is just an attempt for you to feel safe. And this will hopefully start to, this understanding will hopefully hopefully start to slip in naturally because you've listened to this episode today and you've gathered some context around this event of overthinking in general. 
But once you notice what's happening, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. You can say or label it. This is overthinking. And the reason that I overthink is because I don't feel safe, which leads to kind of step number four, which is to regulate, do something in the moment to help yourself feel more safe and grounded. And so this could be to look around the room, to give yourself your body a hug, to take a deep breath, really orienting and regulating to your environment, to your body, to your breath in the present moment. Because again, most of our overthinking is based in the past or in the future, replaying the past or worrying about the future. And so what we do to regulate is to come into this present moment through our breath, through our environment, through any kind of somatic regulatory practice that helps you just to feel like you downshift even just a little bit. And then number five is once your body feels more calm, you can choose to either let the thing you're overthinking about go and just shift into action with whatever is next in your life, or you can turn back towards those questions with that different tone of what if. So again, these kind of like five very generic steps to help move through and stop overthinking is first notice what's happening. Label it. I'm overthinking again. Understand that the reason you're overthinking is just because you don't feel safe in the moment. And you feel like you'll feel safe if you can plan for the worst case scenario or prep for everything. But as long as you are fueling those what if questions from a place of dysregulation, it's just going to continue to perpetuate this stress and overthinking spiral. So you notice, you label, you have that context to understand why this is happening to you in the first place so you don't feel shame or guilt over it. You take action to regulate. Sometimes I literally shake it out. I go outside. I take a few deep breaths. One of my favorite somatic exercises is I'll actually take my hands and I'll place them on the sides of my head with a little bit of pressure, or I'll place one hand across my forehead and another on the back of my skull. Maybe you want to try that now. So this is called a containment posture or a containment exercise. And I will literally just put my hands on my head with a little pressure and take a few breaths until I start to feel my brain slow down a little. So once you regulate, then you can choose. I don't need to go down this rabbit hole or I actually do feel like I need to do some problem solving or planning for this situation. But now that I'm feeling more regulated, I can turn towards some of those questions with curiosity, with more flexibility, with less agitation and anxiety. And so with this process, because those are five steps that are harder to remember, I want to give you the three S's for overthinking. Three S's for overthinking. Stop, settle, and solve. Stop, settle, and solve. You stop with that awareness and that labeling. You settle by regulating in your body. And you solve by either walking away from that spiraling thought situation or by turning back towards those questions, those things that you're worried about from a more regulated place where you can actually problem solve. So stop, settle, and solve. And if there was a fourth S, it would be support. You might need support from a friend or a coach or a therapist to help you regulate and come back 
from your worries to a more settled place so that you can actually do problem solving, just like I needed to do with that client. She didn't have the tools in her toolbox yet to stop, settle, and solve on her own. And so she was able to come into a co-regulated environment with the support of me as her coach to guide her through that process as well. And all of this overthinking comes from another S word, which is safety. You are always overthinking in an attempt to keep yourself more safe. So with this, I think I want to offer you one more of my favorite tools to interrupt overthinking. And I love this tool because it is so simple. It is one single word. So this is one of my favorite top down, meaning it's a cognitive mindset tool. So this may or may not be helpful for you if you aren't in a more regulated place in your body, but this reframe tool can be helpful in sometimes halting that overthinking spiral. And it is the word maybe that's it. Maybe. So what this looks like is that when my brain starts to spiral out into worst case scenario, I will take a deep breath. Again, that deep breath helps me to regulate and I'll just think to myself or stay out, say out loud, maybe. So if my brain is going to, well, you know, what if you just like totally bomb this presentation or nobody loves it, et cetera. I take that deep breath. Maybe. Right. What this does is it interrupts that thought spiral without invalidating the things that I might be afraid of happening. So when our spiraling brain or when our brain is spiraling out, we can only see the worst. That's it. That's the only seat that that has a spot at the table. But this maybe just introduces another possibility. So again, we're not saying that the worst case scenario situation has no truth to it. We're not kicking that, that chair away from the table. We're just pulling another option up. That's like, maybe that'll happen, but maybe it won't. And this quick thought shift really helps me to get back into the present moment, back into the driver's seat of my mind so that I can turn towards some of those concerns in a more calm and regulated way. So this is my invitation. The next time you find yourself stuck in your head or overthinking to come back into your body, back into the present moment, maybe through a a breath practice, some distraction, et cetera, or this practice of just telling your brain, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. And then using those three S's that stop, settle and solve. And then that fourth getting support when you need it to remember that overthinking is a result of feeling unsafe. It's this body-based alarm. And I'm hoping that these tools and this conversation really helps you to turn towards this overthinking and turn towards yourself in compassion with this shows up and helps you to re-anchor into a sense of resilience, knowing that you've survived all the hard things that have happened so far and you do have the tools or the resources to get you through whatever comes. And when you're able to re-anchor and regulate in your body, the intensity of this overthinking will subside and you can be so much more intentional with your thoughts and your actions that come next. So to finish this conversation, there are three tangible takeaways from today's chat. So the first is awareness. 
explore this week, pay attention to what flavors of overthinking you default to most often. Do you replay the past or do you catastrophize about the future? And use this awareness to catch yourself falling into those downward thought spirals a little bit sooner. Then tangible takeaway number two is those three slash four S's. Stop, settle, and solve. Stop, settle, solve, and then seek out support when you need it. And just some reminders of other tools I shared is, you know, by changing that tone of what if, you can go from panic to problem solving. You can insert that word maybe, and that simply stepping away from overthinking and into whatever the next part of your day is always an option. Sometimes our overthinking is not helpful. It's not needed. And so when we can feel more safe and resilient and confident in our body, we can look at that overthinking and say, yep, I was just down that rabbit hole again. I don't actually think that I need to answer any of these questions in order to logically be any safer in that situation. So tangible takeaway number two are the tools and the resources I introduced to you here. Stop, settle, solve, get support. Those two tones of what if, inserting maybe, and knowing that you don't always have to do the problem solving that your brain is trying to do if you can create a felt sense of safety in your body. And the third tangible takeaway is that if you still find yourself having a hard time reversing this overthinking spiral, get support. I know I just mentioned this in tangible takeaway number two, but I'm going to bring it up in tangible takeaway number three, because this is a pattern I was not able to break on my own. It is highly likely that there is some underlying need or belief or level of dysregulation that you might need support in untangling to get to the root of your constant overthinking. And as always, I would love to support you more intimately inside one of our coaching programs. If you're looking for that personalized support, this is a lot of the work that we do inside my one-on-one coaching program, as well as my monthly mental health membership. So there are links to join me inside those programs. You can always send me a message via email or on Instagram. If you have questions about what those programs look like or entail, but just know that myself and also hundreds of other incredible healers and mental health practitioners are out there to support you in this work as well. So thank you for joining me and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the regulate and rewire podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a five star review to help us get these powerful tools out to even more people who need them. And if you yourself are looking for more personalized support and applying what you've learned today, consider joining me inside Rise, my monthly mental health membership and nervous system healing space, or apply for our one-on-one anxiety and depression coaching program, Restore. I've shared a link for more information to both in the show notes. Again, thanks so much for being here and I'll see you next time.